Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. We are now in season four with over 1,300 videos that are viewed and heard around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a food guru from India, Mr. Manveer Singh Anand. Manveer, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure indeed, Ashutosh. You know, it's, it's, uh, thanks for having me here and Thank looking you. forward to a great conversation. Thank you. Manveer is the founder and CEO of Night Gourmet. He's a food business expert and he's an author. He's an author of a book titled Catering Your Way to Financial Independence. So Manveer, let me start with Night Gourmet. Tell me a little bit about this venture and your motivation to start it. So as I, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a standard across all my conversations. I always say life is what happens to you while you're busy planning other things. Correct. And that's essentially uh, how I believe, you know, Night Gourmet uh, took shape because, you know, uh, way back when I was, when I started my consulting job, hmm. I was in Mammoth Consulting and I was really trying to figure out, I want to dabble into, dabble across multiple spheres of the industry. Hmm. I, food was never even a part of the spectrum. Okay. But way back in 2013, you know, I happened to start one of the first cloud kitchen businesses in the country called mm-hmm. Nine Bites, which was a midnight delivery service. Mm-hmm. Now, we were able to scale that up. You know, we sold that, you know, we sold the company to a private investor. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I, I ended up thinking, uh, what is it that we can do to actually, you know, stay invested in the industry, which has given us uh, a livelihood? And how is it that we can structure that to build a hundred euro organization, you know, the way we call it. Right. And that's where, you know, we thought that probably building the B2B side of the business will be more, level, you know, interesting. Hmm. So what is Night Gourmet? That's how Night Gourmet was incepted because the moment I saw Night Bites, you know, I went in for my culinary studies uh, to London and uh, came back to understand that, that, you know, probably this is a business which we can do. Hmm. And that's, that's how, you know, Night Gourmet took shape. Today, we essentially are uh, one of the partners to all your major sports leagues in the country. Uh, out of the nine sports leagues which happen in the country, six of them are done by us: IPL, ISL, Pro Kabaddi, Premier Badminton wow. League, okay. and so forth. And besides that, we have a very good portfolio of of government, corporate, and and uh, and sports events which we do all across the country, mm. across three local offices, catering to over 1.35 million people as on date. And 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 like I said, that's how you know Night Gourmet was incepted. But uh, all of this was, was, again, like I said, it was, it was encountering the right chance, chance you know, right opportunities mm-hmm. and, 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 and listening to the heart sometimes uh, because, you know, it's always important uh, to, to, to focus on these aspects. Yep. Amazing. And so when you say that you run uh, so many different uh, sports franchises, mm-hmm. what exactly do you do? You, you run the kitchens? Do you do the planning? What, what exactly so, do you do? So when I, when I say uh, Night Gourmet as a company is uh, to the DNA, we, we use a term called event hospitality, which is nothing mm-hmm. but catering essentially. Okay. So the end-to-end catering aspect of an event is what we, you know, we, we typically do. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you look at a larger format event like a, like a Pro Kabaddi League or an ISL, Indian mm-hmm. Super League, now mm-hmm. you know, they have typically three scopes, which is the VIP lounges, the mm-hmm. players catering, then comes the crew catering, then comes the entire aspect of the general concessionaries mm. for across the stadium and so on and so forth. So an entire stadium hospitality to probably a government event wherein which mm. you have like 5,000, 10,000 people coming in together or a marathon for that matter. Yeah. So we manage the catering stand, you know, catering side of the entire. So like you said, we manage the kitchens aspect. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was reading about you, mm. you also have your an incubation venture. 
Absolutely. It has a plan to create a hundred thousand self-employed professionals in the food industry. Absolutely. Help me understand Absolutely. this dream that you have as a part of Night Gourmet. So, uh, like I said, you know, uh, you know, uh, this is basically out of out of. Uh, so it's not Night Gourmet essentially. It's a company called TKG Ventures. What we had incepted in between the pandemic, mm-hmm. and and that was that was primarily because uh, you know. I personally, you know, I think the time of the first wave of the pandemic, it was mm. a very good learning and, and, an, and an inflection point for me of sorts, but in which I don't know what to do because, you know, come to think of it, you know, you run a, a brick and mortar business, you know, a large brick and mortar business yourself, mm. but probably when everything comes, you know, comes to a lockdown, especially in the business of events, mm. you know, you're down to zero and you understand like how an operation and how a team works. So eventually, you know, that was a very, very important point for me to reflect back and mm. see what is it that, that we could do. Mm. And that's when the, the book actually came out. And the book made me realize this very important aspect that, that probably if we can empower 100,000 entrepreneurs, mm. because I think F&B industry or the kitchens uh, or probably the entire hospitality industry is, is one of the largest employers of people all across the world. Correct. Yet there is no structured, structured, I would say, information about the business part of the of this particular industry mm. and that's when you know we we know just as an experiment i was building a sop for another startup and i converted that into a book mm. and uh, i was lucky that the book really went well mm. and that's when the inception of tkg ventures came in because i you know there were people reaching out to me from warsaw from uh, from uh, nigeria from uh, you know all across the world you know who were reaching out to me about about telling them about a very specific niche of food which is which is um, catering so mm-hmm. I, I bounced upon this opportunity that why not, you know, try and incubate a lot of these entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, who are looking at actually starting their business. And I believe F&B as an industry is one of the, one of the best self-employment, uh, you know, entrepreneurship opportunities current, currently available. Very you, well you, can, you can actually, you know, curate that. And that's where this incubation vertical started. So now we are, we are you know, we are, we are mentoring, coaching and investing into multiple startups in the F&B space. Uh, you know, across entrepreneurs, some of them, you know, who've done a coaching program, some mm. of them, you know, who basically, you know, built a decent scale of businesses and they want to go to the next level. So that's where, you know, the entire inception of TKG Ventures happened. Mm. And that's where, you know, I found the broader purpose of empowering 100,000 entrepreneurs all across uh, the country. That's the yeah. idea broadly. Amazing. And since you spoke about your book, let's first come to your book now and talk about that before we come to other food related questions. Absolutely. Uh, what got you started on this book and what was your hypothesis? So, uh, you know, I mean, uh, this was again, you know, way back in 2013, 14, when I was really evaluating opportunities, mm-hmm. I actually came to a juncture where in which, uh, you know, I am, you know, there, there's, uh, there's this inclination for, for perpetual learners. I believe that mm-hmm. they love to read, you know, so mm-hmm. apparently, and, 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 you know, across platforms, there was nothing around, around food business per se, or mm. the catering side of the business. There's a lot of content around, around how do you make recipes and so on and so forth. So the pandemic, like I told you, I was building because I was down to absolute zero at, at that particular point mm-hmm. in time mm-hmm. within a span of two months. So I just happened to think that, you know, why not build a tech startup, you know, try to, you know, uh, put the, you know, put, put technology into catering and then let's try and scale it up. Hmm. But in that process of building an SOP, I, I came across that Eureka moment where in which I thought, why not convert this entire content into a book and try to, and the concept, believe me, Ashtosh, was uh, the power of one. Hmm. Power of one basically means like, you know, the content we are doing uh, right now, 
even if one genuine person is helped by the content we are trying to curate or we are trying to reach out to and he's he gets some value addition i've done my job hmm and that's how you know i thought that koi nahi padega you know it does not really make a difference True. as long as i've done justice to myself and i've been honest to myself hmm. so that's how essentially we have very well been, said uh, and and is your book available on amazon absolutely absolutely you know it became i mean i was i was startled you know so to speak because i was you know i had never expected like i said i was expecting at the max 5 10 people to read it but it's the algorithm of amazon i believe you know that mm. that sometimes you know as you as people start buying it you know it, it starts going up the charts and so on right. so for it became an amazon bestseller mm. uh, and 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 apparently uh, my learning from that was that uh, that a lot of international students people you know were looking at this keyword called catering but there was no content around that so it really worked out for us and and yeah i mean i mean that's how the the entire process you know shaped up and rest mm. is history like the way they say amazing so we you know, i'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out manveer's book on amazon and then you take your own call i'll certainly go and check it myself okay. so manveer now moving to the food business the general view is that most restaurants have a very very short life mm-hmm. and yet there are the iconic restaurants like the bukhara and mm-hmm. the house of ming and so on which are absolutely you know no change in menus and still keep going strong what makes a restaurant business tick so you know i'll i'll tell you uh, you know restaurants as it is is the is the is the low, I, i would say the shortest shelf life business ever in the in, in the entire business ecosystem reason right. being that it's driven by three parameters one is of course uh, the food which is the soul to the entire restaurant mm. second is the service which is again you know how you make the person feel you know how mm. the entire process is and third is the hype mm. what is the hype you can you know you can curate around your restaurant because eventually you can curate the best food and the best service but the moment you don't have the hype or someone talking about you you know you've lost the essence of the fnb business mm-hmm. which is about you know let let me be very honest i always tell people food is nothing but its ingredients and the method of cooking mm. there's nothing else mm. it's a scientific process it's not a you know the art is in the plating mm. but it's a scientific process but what really happens is if you if you falter on any of these three elements which is either the food either the the service or the hype Mm. because you know come to think of it you know we've been hearing about bukhara because you know it's been it's been in the news since all you know all this while and i personally like i said I, with utmost respect to the chefs there you know the process if you see uh, the the way the food is made is static but it's mm. the it's the aura you know what a restaurant is able to build around around themselves right. the entire vibe and so on so forth so that is what is is what mm. really differentiates people and that's why i believe that if these three ingredients are taken into consideration i think you know there's a sure shot winner at this point very interesting and yet when you look at it from your night gourmet perspective where you're dealing so many different uh, sports and other uh, mm. um, organizations you support mm. how do you handle the big challenge that most restaurants have which is that of menu fatigue <laughs> you know that's a that's a very good question now so i mean like a, like a, like you said uh, that you know the the entire thesis of menu fatigue comes from from the aspect uh, that that you know if a person is visiting a restaurant i always believe 
that you know today we are living in the world of of specialized brands mm. and not generalist brands mm. today you know restaurants with a north indian like a haldina menu right a north indian south indian chinese mm. everything mm. does not really work you have to be a specialist in a particular industry mm. and and i believe that on the contrary to a menu fatigue on in the restaurant business side of it I, the the menu fatigue is basically uh not something which which i think is is there reason being that people come to the same restaurant because you know there are multiple there, there are like a like in delhi only you will have probably like 3 lakh restaurants uh, that way you know which will be operating mm-hmm. now the reason a person will come to you is because of your standardization the quality of food and the, and the mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. so my point is the menu fatigue aspect is not a big concern the aspect is building consistency mm-hmm. and and if people are able to work on work out on that and the reason why i you know the like my my bread and butter comes from the catering catering side of the entire vertical right mm. so there also you know no matter what you do you can play around with with a couple of recipes but somewhere or the other the standardization is what people really come to you for mm. so i think menu fatigue to an extent is 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 not the concern in today's era because the the supply is more is i won't say is much higher than the demand but mm. somewhere you know they are they are at a at a, at a decent space but but if a, if a restaurant can build consistency with their menu that's what is is the is a bigger concern to probably plug than the menu fatigue aspect yeah. fascinating fascinating and yet manvi you know when you look at it in a country as diverse as ours when it comes to food hmm. the most popular foods are still a butter chicken uh, dal makhani <laughs> and roti or maybe a chow mein which doesn't exist anywhere else in the world <laughs> <laughs> or uh, maybe a dosa and uh, one or two other south indian dishes so how do you as someone who's so knowledgeable about, about food uh, bring in the different aspects of multiple cuisines of india to the indian palate you know i and, and that's where you know i think the the better way to answer that is to talk about menu planning as such mm-hmm. whenever we do thesis across our cohorts of entrepreneurs i always tell them mm-hmm. that a menu should typically comprise of 45 to 60% of the menu menu should be every time the okay. conventional favorites mm-hmm. because you know if you want to be in business you know so i'll, I'll talk to you about the cloud kitchen industry mm-hmm. because that's where you know i built i built very very strong expertise mm-hmm. now if a person wants a butter chicken for that matter mm-hmm. he'll be going and searching butter chicken so the keyword is really important correct some people try and play with the murg makhani you know multiple mm-hmm. other names mm-hmm. and that's that that really does not work mm-hmm. but why i say 45 to 40 to 60% of the menu should be favorites because mm-hmm. that is what gets people inside the restaurant correct. that probably you know i mean when you when you're thinking about going with your family you have it in mind that today i want to have indian or i want to have a, a pan asian mm. i don't want to have a mix of everything right mm. so mm. once you're able to do that that's when once the, once the person is inside the restaurant that's when your team your service team or probably you know the way you you're able to plug in your your upsells mm. so i recommend 25 to 30% of the menu the remaining menu with newer items which you think will will gain you will gain you recognition mm. you understand because that's how the entire thesis goes that okay. that that probably if you know you keep 30 30% of the menu for just experimentation for making people try something new mm. there's a certain 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 proportion of people who are willing to take that risk on you mm. others you know know that how a butter chicken tastes and that's how they that's how it very interesting very interesting so uh, manveer i was asking you a question which is that you know since you have so much expertise in the cloud uh, space how has uh, the pandemic and uh, deliver to everyone's home how has that impacted the food business 
so you know the way i look at it the, the market is expanded you know i and 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 when a lot of people tell me that you know the cloud kitchen industry has been probably eating up the the, the dining space mm-hmm. today we are sitting in a post pandemic era where in which there's a lot of revenge dining out happening mm-hmm. and i think you know if you look at the entire you know food uh, you know the eat out market mm-hmm. uh, you know i mean you know contrary to the eat in market mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the entire, so what has happened is that the proportion like earlier cloud that's a kind of an industry mm-hmm. uh, you know i mean i'm talking about pre pandemic mm-hmm. right now a red sea report says that this might be a this might typically be like a uh, like uh, like like a, like a like a 5 and 1/2 6000 crore kind of a market you know mm-hmm. by 2024 so mm-hmm. idea is that the market share has increased and the proportion of cloud kitchen industry has increased in that so okay. what has happened is that, that 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 today you know typically like a like a bukhara would never would never rely on on uh, probably delivery you know for you know as a as a, as a scope for increasing their sales mm-hmm. but today every restaurant or a cloud kitchen is, is applying a omni channel perspective mm-hmm. a cloud kitchen is is okay that you know they are willing to give you take away services restaurants are like you know i mean you, you mentioned the house warming and so on and so forth mm-hmm. they are more than willing to do do dine, you know dine, uh, your your uh, your ordering in uh, or probably you know a cloud kitchen facility out of the kitchen mm-hmm. so what has happened is and it's increased more number of revenue stream for a particular restaurant mm-hmm. and at the same time the space and the willingness the, the the share of the wallet towards eating out has increased that way mm-hmm. so overall if you see the market has increased and that's and that's the good part about the entire spectrum apparently wonderful, wonderful. i have time for two more questions for you manveer sure. my next question is are indians experimenting more more with their food now absolutely absolutely you know and 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 you know believe you me it's absolutely changed in the last 5 years i've done my i've done my, i've done my culinary management from uh, you know in french cuisine typically but uh, you know coming back like you rightly said you know i understood that uh, you know in in the country nobody thinks beyond a dal makhani butter paneer or a, or a butter chicken and so on Correct. and so forth Correct. but but the beauty is what that that people are traveling people are like experimental right now mm. you know i mean uh, one of the other verticals within my company uh, so we ha- we have a portfolio of cloud kitchen businesses which we mm. personally own across mm. the country in delhi mumbai and chennai mm. and and what really happens what we've seen out of them is that today we are we do a, we've been catering to a lot of traditional uh, families you know mm. who never used to experiment with a sushi Mm. or a dimsums mm. or probably like a like a uh, you know like a nazi goreng mm. uh, or probably like a like a french cuisine based mm. uh, you know chicken velute mm. all of these recipes people are experimenting why because somewhere it's about a fomo wherein which you know people people Correct. think that you know if the other person is having it why not you know i should probably be able to speak about it second is mm. being genuinely experimental mm. and understanding that cuisine in itself is much beyond you know sticking to the, the staples Mm. and and that's where i think the gen z aspect has really worked out in in, in influencing right what is the most important aspect i think there's a massive contribution of the food blogging community mm. uh, you just mentioned about chingari you mentioned about yeah. a lot of other platforms yeah. now all these platforms have gone ahead and tried to uh, educate the consumer in a way that today you know they are so demanding mm. that nobody talks to you about doing a vanilla vanilla buffet for them mm. they want to do experimental food they want to do uh, plated food you know which is like michelin star plated food mm. and they want to go really out of the box when they want to look at food so mm. i think these three factors has have really uh, influenced the entire food business ecosystem and people have become like i said it's not only in india it's all across the world i think with the entire content creation aspect 
the space has really expanded and people are really becoming you know experimental incredible. that way incredible incredible one my last question to you and this for the many many people who would listen to our conversation sure. what would you say are three lessons mm-hmm. you would like our viewers and listeners to take away from your own culinary journey from night gourmet and from our conversation correct mm-hmm. so uh, so the first first uh, lesson would be that uh, never take yourself uh, never take yourself too seriously okay. uh, because sometimes or the other you know you get opportunities uh, you know which which you think might not be aligned to you uh, yeah. you know with your immediate goals but sometimes you know taking taking few risks calculated risks and understanding that that you know you know there's much to life beyond just you know some some right. some monetary uh, loss probably uh, you know can have effects so i think you know first is never take yourself too seriously probably take 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 a few risks mm-hmm. which are calculated enough and 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 that really works out well for you second aspect is be very authentic mm-hmm. in relationships eventually yeah. we are not in and i always believe uh, astoshina and that's something you know i think you would also resonate with we are entrepreneurship is being in people's business mm-hmm. no matter you know if you're not in a tech business per se because if you're not coding even if you are coding for that matter if you become an entrepreneur it is a people's business correct so you have to forge and understand that you know you are in a relationship building exercise and not a transaction transaction building exercise mm. because relationship is a is a you know the byproduct of a relationship is uh, you know generating into business and a lot of transactions and a lot of uh, community benefits and so on and so forth mm. but mm. always have a relation in a relationship perspective is a very transactional perspective mm. and that really helps you Mm-hmm. and that's why you know being authentic being very true to your profession really helps you uh, and third and the last part uh, to it is that uh, you know give back uh, mm-hmm. to the community because uh, yeah. sometimes you know it's it's not really about uh, and, and 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 i'm not very uh, old in the, in the you know in the spectrum but, but 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 what i can say is that you know what i've understood is that in today's time every 7 to 8 years or 10 years the entire generation is changing there's mm-hmm. a generational shift in the kind of way we are consuming content to the way you know our habits are changing probably nobody had thought about a ride ride hailing app way back in 2015 today it's a, it's it's like oxygen to us right Correct. so Correct. so apparently uh, idea is to learn to unlearn and then whatever you have learned across the time try and give that back mm-hmm. because you know that entire process of 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 uh, you know wisdom versus the, the new age energy that mm. if combines together you build collaboration and that's where giving back is not uh, a one way thing from your side it's always a two way thing and and that's where you know it's starting point for a lot of collaborations coming mm. your way mm. so 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 being open to learning and uh, building collaborations uh, through giving back is is a great learning i've taken amazing amazing on that note manveer and your three amazing lessons of never take yourself so seriously be authentic and give back Thank you so much for talking to me at so much length about your journey with Night Gourmet, about your dream to make a hundred thousand self-employed professionals. Thank you also for speaking to me about your book, catering your way to financial independence, and thank you for speaking to me about food and uh, all the amazing intricacies uh, there are in food. Something that we all love. Thank you, speak for speaking to me again. Absolutely, it's been a pleasure, a pleasure for me, and and like I said. um hoping that this adds adds value to the community and if there's anything you know which way which i can do happy to uh, touch base and take it forward thank you so much wonderful thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast 
platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.